What a weekend it was for the London Knights, and we are here to recap it. Episode 103 of the Night Shift. Cal Kamard, Mike Stubbs. You can follow us along on social media at Stubbs980. Uh, Mike does a great job at posting every single London Knights goal, and he, I don't know how you do video and call the goal at the same time, Mike, but it's impressive. Uh, myself at Kyle Grimard on st- social media as well, and Mike, there is a lot to break down here in this episode. Of course, we've got to go through the Knights and Rangers back-to-back review. Uh, You know, we can talk about the London Knights offensive outburst specifically on Saturday, but we got to mention the guys backstopping them in net, the defense, and what else moving forward for the London Knights because they are currently, Mike, riding a 14-game winning streak that was capped off by back-to-back wins against the former first overall team in the OHL, the Kitchener Rangers. Rangers had been in first place since early November, so they were full marks for getting there. This is a good team, and I think what we saw was the London Knights going out against Kitchener on Friday in Kitchener, and then at Budweiser Gardens on Saturday. And the Knights basically said, this is how bad we want it. How bad do you want it? And I really think that was what summed up the weekend. This is how bad the London Knights wanted first place. And as much as things got out of hand on Saturday, that's that's not what's going to happen each time these teams play. And they play again January 30th. So depending on when you're listening to this, if it's a Monday, it's a week and a day. If it's a Tuesday, it's one week. If it's after that, it's less than a week. So that's how quickly they get together back in Kitchener. And the game against Kitchener on the Friday night was probably more indicative of what we are going to see where Kitchener went up to nothing. The Knights were able to come back. Kitchener had done a very good job early on in the game, limiting what the Knights were doing offensively, but the Knights found a way, and that's what you want. These are those big, big moments. You can't look at every single game, and this is what we get caught up in so much in sports. If you, during a hockey schedule or a basketball schedule, maybe football is slightly different, but if you ride the highs and the lows, take most Toronto Maple Leafs fans. They do that. They ride the highs and the lows. You can't because you never get a true read of your team during the regular season and how they can perform. You have to isolate the big moments. For the Toronto Maple Leafs, I even look back to the game they played against the Seattle Kraken a night after losing to Vancouver. That was a big moment, and they played it where they gave Seattle nothing. Those are the games you got to focus on. So when you've got games to get up for, the Knights had one against the Saginaw Spirit, and they had two against the Kitchener Rangers, and you come out the way that they did, you show what your team can do, and the Knights continue to go out And they are the ones that are winning the puck battles, winning races to pucks. They built a 6-0 lead on Kitchener in the Saturday game. So it's like saying, this is how bad we want it. How bad do you want it? This was impressive. Yeah, Mike. And, you know, it was funny. I I wanted to be objective and, you know, take my emotions and everything out of it. But for both games, like even in the tight game on the Friday night in Kitchener, Between that game and the Saturday, London wanted it more. They were the better team in both nights. They came back and rallied in game one and Friday. And Saturday, they were just ready to play. And there was no excuse of, wow, Jackson Parsons wasn't a net. Michael Simpson did not play in the Saturday night game as well. That was Owen Wilmore. And Owen Wilmore was up to the task. The Knights built a big lead in front of him, like you mentioned. But it just you could just tell the Knights were 
they were ruthless. They never stopped. They never took their foot off the gas, especially in that Saturday game. They found a way back in the Friday matchup. But I just, I look and it's not just the shots on goal. It's not just that they, you know, they hammered them shot wise. They hammered them goal wise. Just London looked like they were getting to pucks faster. They were skating when they had the puck. They weren't staying still in the defensive end. They were doing Mike all of the little things that you want to do and you love to see as a coaching staff. They were doing all of those things in both games. It just was really on display on display on the Saturday uh, evening in, in London, Mike. And I just, it was, you could tell from both ends, not only it seemed like London really wanted to take first place away, but they just, they were relentless. They did not stop. That's what it takes. That's what it takes in those big games. And if you try to play that way for 68 games, it's going to be tough. But there is still a way to do it in those big moments to send that message. And then I don't know how to read the message that we saw from the third period, but there were messages sent one way, the other way, back, up, down. That was a third period that looked like it came from the 70s, the 80s, or the 90s. The only thing we were missing was players in the penalty box trying to climb over the timekeepers to get to the other penalty box. That's what would have happened in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. You can't do that right now because there are doors, there's glass. That was the only difference. It took an hour and three minutes to play. There were 27 separate penalties, and I just hope that that didn't overshadow exactly what you were talking about, what the Knights had been doing, because that was both teams just trying to send a message after the game. Both coaches talked about it, that, hey, they're teenagers, you're going to get emotions. And I think the fans, nobody really left, so I think they were entertained. Overall, the Knights come away with a 10-3 win, and home ice is starting to become this place that they protect. Look at this, Kyle. Saginaw, Owen Sound, Kitchener. Three really good teams. The Saginaw Spirit are the hosts of the Memorial Cup this year. Owen Sound built their team for this year. They added at the deadline. Kitchener, first place overall since early November until the Knights took it away this weekend. And the Knights have outscored those three teams 26-4 to in their last three home games. That's, that's playing at another level. And they're doing it with different players in the lineup. Denver Barkey gets suspended for abusive official on the Friday night, does not play Saturday. You would think, well, the Knights aren't going to score 10 times in this game. And they did. It doesn't seem to matter who's in the lineup, doesn't seem to matter who's playing with whom. And there's another key, because once the playoffs begin, you're going to have injuries, you're going to have things happen, you're going to have guys who aren't going, you're going to be playing with different people. There's going to be a different look to your lineup a lot of times. And this team just seems to roll with it. It's amazing. It really is. And like you mentioned, they're getting contributions. Alec Leonard bangs in his first of the year off of a broken play in front of the net where he comes in from the point and throws it over the glove hand side. And, you know, it's guys like there are point streaks, Mike, littered all over this team right now. They they put up a 10 spot without Denver Barkey. Oliver Bonk had a four points in the second game. He had five points total in the two games. Casper Haltonen is riding an 18-game point streak. Coming back from the World Juniors, didn't miss a beat. Easton Cowan, 12-game point streak. Bonks up to 10. Julian's at 9. Sam O'Reilly, Max McHugh, all of those guys have point streaks going on right now. So one guy comes in, one guy goes out. Ruslan Gazazov was looking spectacular all weekend as well. Just... Mike, when people were questioning why the Knights maybe didn't want to add in another body or two to that offense up front, 
this is why they have all the pieces. And I think the coaching staff and general managers looked at each other and said, are we willing to give up a young piece that we really like or draft capital to go get a player that could potentially fit in and do exactly what the guys on our team are already doing? I think they looked at each other, Mike, and said, no, we're good. And it's worked beautifully so far. You look at the challenge almost that Mark Hunter, Knights general manager, had publicly where he said, yeah, we need some consistency. These guys know what they can do. And from that point on, that's where this run began. And and Mark's always, you know, very well thought out in things like that. And and this just seemed to be the perfect time for it. And now this is what this club is up to. One point ahead of Kitchener. And imagine this, Kyle. I hope Knights players right now are not paying too much attention to the standings because you've won 14 in a row. And you're one point up on Kitchener. Now, mind you, that's for first place overall. There are 19 teams who'd love to be where you are. One point ahead of Kitchener. You are two points ahead of Sault Ste. Marie with a game in hand. And you're four points up on Saginaw. And they have one game in hand on the Knights. So things are still really tight. In other words, you can't stop. But you outline the offense. The offense has been a thing of beauty. And they were moving the puck around faster against the Kitchener Rangers on Saturday than they have moved the puck this year. You start doing that in junior hockey, you are hitting another level. You know, Mike, it reminded me in last year of what Sarnia did. We talked about the Sarnia thing last year with all the players and high-end talent that they had. You watch when they move the puck around. It was a different animal. Like when London went through the first couple of rounds of the playoffs last year, you know, London was their physical. They had a little bit of everything, which is why they went to the OHL finals. But you watch Sarnia and the one thing that was so dangerous about them was how they snapped the puck around. They could move it like no other. We are seeing very similarly London take that step this year. And you're right. They're moving the puck to a point where teams are just, they can't defend. They got to stand still and they got to play more of like a zone defense, collapse in front of the net and let London work around the perimeters because it is something. It is sharp. It's crisp. They're going right on the tape. It's quick puck movement. Guys are moving their feet. Players are going in different positions. Players are stepping up. Players are filling in certain roles. It's like, The guys aren't even thinking right now. They're just automatically moving to know exactly where to be. And I think it's because the dynamic and the ability that these guys have of playing together for so long, you get a sense of where guys are going to go, what their tendencies are, what you think they're going to do. You just kind of start reading off of each other and you stop thinking and you just start doing. And I feel like the Knights, I mean, obviously during a 14 game win streak, everything's got to be going right for you but you can see that the work they've put in and now the years of practice and game experience together, you're starting to see it really come to fruition. Are you ever? And it's amazing to watch. And that's just it. You can build a core. It's hard. It's hard to do. And it doesn't always work. Owen sound has built a core, but for whatever reason, it's not the same for them this year as it is for the Knights. But the Knights have had this core together. They went through that long run last year, and and you know what that does in helping to prepare a team going forward. And you've got guys, Easton Cowan's pointed it out, you know, they've been through some tough losses. They've been through a loss to the Peterborough Peets. He and Oliver Bogg know what it's like to not win at the World Juniors, and, and they now have this hunger. Oliver Bogg's come back on a whole other level. And he's somebody who is the reigning OHL player of the week, just continues to do things offensively and defensively. And there's the other thing that we've got to do. we got to look at the defensive side of things because as much as we can talk about all these goals going in, you look at the play of Owen Wilmore in net, 
in game two of this home and home series. You look at the play of Michael Simpson. We had a chance to talk with Michael Simpson after the game against the Kitchener Rangers, just about what he's seeing in front of him and and how he's handling things because he and Owen Wilmore are playing their best hockey of the season. Just keeping to myself, just, you know, trying to, uh, I guess, tell myself what I think I need to do to, you know, kind of keep my mind into it and stay sharp and um, kind of got like a little mantra I like to say just to keep my, my head into it. I guess you've played in a lot of big atmospheres. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, it's uh, it was I guess the second time I've ever played here. So um, the first being like my first OHL exhibition start. So uh, it was pretty crazy then. I think they had like a fan day or something. So uh, the atmosphere was pretty crazy. But uh, tonight it was pretty wild as well. Right? I think kind of right from the as soon as we came up for warm up, they started booing us, and um, you know I think I kind of heard a little chant of my name for a little bit in the first. So. Um, you know, it's fun coming in those hostile crowds when, you know, you kind of want to prove some of them when they're uh, giving it to you early, I guess. Do you like that? As a, Does that bring out kind of the competitive fire? I think so. I think it kind of just gets the juices going a bit. Like, you know, you're, you get a little more competitive and you just want to beat them a little bit more just because they kind of got that uh, sixth man out in the crowd. Some of the saves you were making, point blank, that glove was there. Can you talk about any of those that you remember? Yeah, I think just I think just kind of getting my eyes on it early. That's kind of the big thing Cheese and I have been going through on this stretch where it's, everything's been kind of going right. So I think when my eyes are working, uh, everything else seems to kind of follow. So, um, you know, I thought we did a good job. Bonky did a really good job taking away the backdoor threat so I could get aggressive and, you know, make that read and try and make that save. Michael Simpson, London Knights goaltender on the back of his mask. It says hometown tour. And he is taking that this year in his hometown of London and playing exceptionally well. And so when you've got all of those elements clicking, you get a 14-game win streak. And now we look at what's coming up next. The London Knights will take on the Peterborough Peets. And this is a team that you don't want to look past because Peterborough right now, at least in their last game, had a 16-year-old as their number one center. They have gotten young quickly their roster from last year's ohl championship series does not resemble the roster that they have going right now so you can't go in and overlook this saying okay now now's the game where we can take our foot off the gas you know that's the the hard part about this getting up for these big games and the knights have had a lot of them saginaw owen sound kitchener kitchener the Pete's becomes a, a difficult game for that reason and then you go to erie and the Erie Otters have had success against the Knights this year. And Erie's not an easy place to play on a Saturday night. They are singing Sweet Caroline, London sucks throughout <laughs> the game. The fans can't wait for the Knights to get there. I mean, I go back in time when the fans, 5,000 strong, would be screaming all game at the Knights. We would have police dog escorts from the building to the bus. This is going back years and years and years ago. Things are a little bit different now, fortunately, but that's the kind of thing that you would have. And so going into Erie, the Otters fans love when London comes to town. And then you've got a game against the Kitchener Rangers again. So the Knights... We asked Max McHugh on the last podcast about whether or not they're following the streak. And he says, well, it's hard not to, but you're not focused on it. You're not looking at, we need to win this game to keep this streak going. Now, the motivation is, we need to keep this streak going because we're in first place. And we don't want to give that up because having that home game in the playoffs as much as possible in your back pocket if you need it, that is so key in a Game 7 situation, especially when you're playing how you are at Budweiser Gardens. 
Well, and Mike, too, you know, we got to remember this streak went back to when a lot of the top end guys for this night's team weren't there. And we're talking about the world juniors where Casper Halton in and Easton Cowan, Denver Barkey was gone for a couple of games and Oliver Bonk, you know, all of those players were missing for a, a period of time. We talked about next man up mentality with this team, but it's just been, it's how they've won the games. It hasn't been, we haven't really come out of a game, Mike, talking about the Knights. Eh, maybe they didn't deserve to win that one, but they still found a way. Every game, you can see the work ethic. You can see the structure. You can see players stepping up in big moments. Ruslan Gazazov, Sam Dickinson are two guys, for example. Oliver Bonk just had a heck of a week as well. Jacob Julian has really taken a threshold. Max McHugh had an eight-game goal streak going on with him as well. So it's not just that they have the 14-game win streak and that it's kind of been here and there. It's that they're doing so in a very dominant fashion like I don't I can't find another word to think of it Mike because they're skating hard they're playing hard and because of the hard work the results are being earned they're not just being handed to the Knights I think that's been the most impressive part and yeah the goaltending Michael Simpson has really steadied into his own he's talked about the homecoming tour with London getting a chance and understanding how to play in front of this and I also don't want to forget Owen Wilmore who came in you know he on the second half of a back-to-back against Kitchener at home coming off of a win when Kitchener knew they probably wanted to try and even that thing up. And Owen Wilmore made a couple really, really big saves early on to preserve a tight game until London blew it open. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And it's it's a key. When you look at a game, and Bob McCowan is always the best for describing this. He says, you could take a hockey game and you could edit out all the goals and you could show somebody that game and then you say, who won? And they might not get it right. In other words, when you have the the play going, you don't necessarily get the team that has been the dominant team winning. But I bet in this 14-game win streak, you cut out the goals and you look and you decide, okay, which one is the better team? I bet you pick the London Knights throughout because they are. They were the better team against the Rangers in the first game of this back-to-back, and they were the better team by far against the Kitchener Rangers in the second half of the back-to-back. And that's that's uh, a real compliment because that doesn't happen. Like you say, 14 wins in a row, there are going to be times when you say, yeah, maybe not, but still got it done. No, I really believe you can go out and edit those goals out, and you would say, oh, the Knights are the better team. So they have been deserving of what they have created before we close out let's talk about sam and sam arriving in moncton that's exactly what sam dickinson and sam o'reilly have done they are taking part in the top prospects game there is a lot of buzz about about both of these guys there has been from the beginning for sam dickinson he showed up as a 16 year old and you looked at the ice and said what's that 27 year old doing playing for the london knights he just had that kind of poise and it's only grown and what a season he is having and then sam o'reilly who would not have been on many radars coming into this season because he played in the gojhl last year so he wasn't on those nhl radars well we talked about the story last year with easton cowan kyle and easton cowan same sort of thing had been an absolute stud in the gojhl came into the ohl and had to earn his way all the way to a first-round pick by the Toronto Maple Leafs. you got Sam O'Reilly who comes in, and with Cowan, you'd hear the little buzz about scouts. You know, this, this Easton Cowan guy is pretty impressive. You know, and they start thinking, maybe they can get him late. 
And then it's, well, maybe we can get a mid-round. And then, well, it might not make it through the second round. And then he ends up going <laughs> in the first round. I think Sam O'Reilly's on that same road this year. And he isn't a secret anymore. And I think a lot of scouts are hoping, oh, I hope these other guys aren't really watching the London Knights closely, aren't really seeing what I'm seeing about this guy, because he's impressive. And he right now is on a seven-game point streak but it's the way he wins battles you heard from him on one of the last podcasts about thanking coaches that he's had for being hard on him because they taught him this is a big part of the game and years ago it used to be if guys tied up along the boards you waited for a whistle and that's the way it went now that doesn't exist so winning those board battles has become so key and about the last i don't know where we want to pinpoint it 10 12 13 years it's been going on you've been hearing coaches talk about 50 50 puck battles and how important they are sam o'reilly is a master at it and the feed that he had to easton cowan in kitchener is a perfect example he wanted it more in behind the kitchener ranger net he won that battle he got the puck out front easton cowan does what he does he put it in and so that was a massive goal for the london knights ended up tying the game and we wind up with a night's win in Kitchener and a night's win in London. So best of luck to those two. The top prospects game is tough because you know there are all kinds of scouts. And it's really hard to stand out in it because you're playing with guys you've never played with before. I mean, look at Connor Bedard last year. Didn't Connor Bedard go pointless in the top prospects game last year? And I don't think that really hurt him. So, yeah. It's an opportunity for players to play. It's a way to showcase a lot of the talent that you have. But at the same time, it is just one game and it's not going to make or break you. The skills competition is always pretty fun as well. And we'll see how that goes. But uh, overall, it's, it's about making the game. And not only has Sam Dickinson made the game, Sam Dickinson is one of the captains, along with Berkeley Catton, who is a member of the Spokane Chiefs, another great player. He's a forward, and they are the two captains of their respective teams, Sam Dickinson for Team Red and Berkeley Catton for Team White. So that happens on Wednesday as maybe a, a little midweek taste. The other thing to watch for will be any kind of added punishment from that third period. There were two game misconducts. Jackson Edwards hit on Luca Romano of the Kitchener Rangers, and then Matt Andonovsky's cross-check to the head of Jacob Julian, who scored his 20th goal in that game. But those will be looked at by the league, and we'll see whether or not those players get any kind of added punishment tacked on. An update from the Ontario Hockey League. Jackson Edward has received a two-game suspension for his hit on Luca Romano of the Kitchener Rangers. And for the cross-check to the head of Jacob Julian, Matt Andonovsky of the Kitchener Rangers has been suspended for three games. That means Edward will be able to return for the rematch between the Knights and the Kitchener Rangers on January 30th. Andonovsky will miss games against Sault Ste. Marie, Saginaw, and then the game against London. Yeah, you know, it was it was a wild ending. And I just I want to go back to that top prospects game for a second, Mike. And you talk about just it's one game. It doesn't define. I remember being in person and watching one a couple of years back and watching a young player by the name of Quinton Byfield, who was going to be a top the top pick or a top two pick. And, you know, he didn't 
he didn't overly impress based off of all the hype building into it. And, you know, one game he goes to a perfect spot, I think, in L.A. It takes a little bit of time to develop. And now he is such a marquee player for that team. And just it just goes to show one game had people maybe questioning. Ah, I don't know. It was that was the Lafreniere Byfield draft where people were questioning back and forth. And Byfield didn't have necessarily the best showing. I think he went pointless, but he just, he never really had an opportunity to utilize his like size and speed. And I think once he really developed, sat with the Kings for a little bit, he has come up and been such an integral player. So no, you're right. It, the one game won't determine everything about you moving forward in your career, but it's a fun to be a part of the game. It's fun to be best on best and see where you compare against some of the other top prospects going in. But I can't imagine a better captain for team red than Sam Dickinson. He has been spectacular all year. I said it last year, Mike, He's one of the best 16-year-olds I've ever watched play, and I think he's going to be a lock for a top-10 pick. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe so, even top five. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you go out, you play how you play in that game, and it works out okay in terms of the night schedule because those guys will play it on the Wednesday, and then they will have Thursday to get back, and then Friday, Saturday games for the Knights against the Peets and the Erie Otters before the Knights and the Rangers meet again. And we will certainly preview the Knights and the Peets and the Knights and the Otters on our next podcast. Going to be a lot of fun, Mike. And uh, yeah, thanks again. We have a lot coming up over the next few days. So make sure you tune in and listen to wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Mike, enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good.